0: truth, love, and the good. Here we go.
1: Welcome, Henry, and welcome listeners uh, and viewers. Uh, welcome back to the DTPhD yes. podcast. Live this time. Yes. Uh, we once. are in uh, in person Yes, in my living room in Taiwan, uh, and this is the end of uh, one of our mastermind summits yes. here. We just had a two Michelin-starred lunch tasting menu that was very filling, so I'm a little <laughs> bit sleepy right now. <laughs> Uh, but thanks for listening and tuning in. Uh, I'm David Tian, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and for the past 13 years now, I've been helping hundreds of thousands of people in over 87 countries, attain success, happiness, and fulfillment in life and love. Mm. And I'm joined here by my good friend, Henry Chung.
0: Yes. Henry, how about you introduce Yes, yes. Well, my name is Henry himself. Chung, and I am the CEO of the Fusan Group. And today, we build financial infrastructure uh, for digital assets. So things like cryptocurrencies you may have heard of before. We run a digital asset custodian and also soon... A trading platform where you'll be able to buy and sell
1: digital assets of all kinds, including companies. To plug. Very good. Very so a good conversation. The thing we want to have this podcast revolve around this episode is the fact that we went together to a Tony Robbins event called Date with Destiny, yes. and at this event, we learned some things yes. and we had some insights and that sort of thing. So we want to just talk about that and share that. And it's not going to be specifically about Tony Robbins. It's not a plug for Date with Destiny or any of that. Um, It's just that was the event that happened to uh, trigger or activate or uh, lead to these new insights and breakthroughs, and we're going to talk about that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so this was, what is it now, Uh, October? So this is about five months ago. In May. Yeah, Yeah, five, five, six months ago. And uh, this is the second time we've done this. Uh, We were together at the first one, Um, and this was in Australia, Date with Destiny. And this particular Date with Destiny, Tony only was healthy for like the first three days, I think, out of six. Um, So it was an unusual one. Uh, But those first three days were (laughs) action-packed and uh, lots of things. So (laughs) what's one thing that you learned um, during that week? Well, I I had a pretty unique
0: experience that week because I was doing the leadership version of Date with Destiny. So I showed up a day and a half before everyone else um, to work with some of the trainers who are uh, there at Date of Destiny and look a bit uh, behind the scenes, if you will, into how both Tony and a lot of the trainers try and work with people. Um, at Day With Destiny, you learn a lot of key principles that I guess we can talk about today. Um, and Tony and the trainers use those same principles to work with all of their participants. And that was a really powerful experience for me. So you still uh, come in as a participant throughout those six, six and a half days. Um, but we were also working a lot with the trainers to work with individuals, each of the teams. Because uh, at Day of Destiny, you get split into these teams of what, like 30 people. Um, and working with those people um, through all the reasons why they came to Day of Destiny was a really powerful experience. Probably one of the most powerful weeks of my life, actually. Mm. Um, and one of the most important things I learned and realized by after working with so many people is that we all run the same patterns. And a lot of these patterns are universal. So we can get into this a bit later, but I remember I was working with one participant and running through an exercise about the towards values and away values. You remember that when you say, uh, my hallucination is that if you have these values in this order, it will lead to these problems. Um, and the exercise that you go through with your partner is you just you say, okay, well, for example, um, my hallucination is that if you have a a need for certainty above mm-hmm. your need for love, that's going to cause conflict. Love is inherently uncertain. And if you desire, you, you want both, mm-hmm. but you will always prioritize certainty. And then you wonder why you can't get love. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why, whenever you are perhaps in a relationship, you're always a bit afraid to let things push past a certain point. And hey, look, it's because you have this need for certainty. Um, and I found that that exercise is really powerful because when you're working with someone and you're going through this and you're saying, oh, well, I imagine these things will happen. And the partner says, wow, like, how did you know? And of course, the thing is, you didn't, not that you had any special insight into that person's life, but because we all run these same patterns. Everyone who, who has a need for certainty over a need for love. Uh, is going to run into the same obstacles. Mm -hmm. And what I realized through through that experience is that not only, you know, we all run the same patterns, and when you watch Tony work with individuals, you realize that again, it's all just, it's the exact same structure, the same patterns, the same everything. Mm -hmm. And I found that quite powerful because it means that, uh, I find it very hopeful. It means that if you can just understand
1: these patterns that we all habitually run, uh, we can all work to improve our lives. Mm Yeah, that certainty over love is a, such a huge uh, realization. Uh, a lot of guys, uh, especially younger guys in their 20s, are think, they think they're looking for love. They think they're feeling love when they're in a relationship. But what, what prevents them from actually making connection and keeping that connection with a woman or with, with any human being actually is that strong need for certainty. Yes. So the certainty will kill the love. It will stifle it. it mm-hmm. So what ends up happening is it becomes this sort of needy, a connection, yeah. and uh, it's just really unattractive for yes. one. Uh, but also, it, it prevents the connection from deepening. Yes. It's like if you're trying to swallow some food, but you're just tightening your throat. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you'll kill yourself because you're strangling yourself. And it's sort of like you're strangling, strangling love, and giving it no oxygen to breathe. All um, people have a need <clears> for significance.
0: And yes. Take that
1: for a need for love. Yeah. So a lot of people who go to self-development events are driven by a need for significance where um, there their feels like their ego is leading the way that they need to get the attain yeah. these uh, milestones in order to feel good about themselves. And that leads to this yes. point that we want to get to on the difference between the science of achievement versus the art of fulfillment. Yes. And... To get to high levels in society, like the elite in terms of money or, or uh, your body or dating, uh, often it would require um, that you are quite driven to attain those goals more than the average person because you're going to work hard and you're motivated to work hard for those things. So a lot of people who go to develop, self-development development events tend to be driven by significance because that's what led nice. them to the success <laughs> in the first place. So a, a lot of, I, I work with a lot of achievers. That's like the standard client profile. Nice. Um, they're driven. They've got good grades, or yeah. have a good job. They have, they have uh, comfortable living, and then they have problems. Yes, um, they have problems psychologically, maybe physically, arising out of that drivenness. Yes, it's kind of like this neurotic drive for um, accomplishment and achievement. Every time, I, well, I've only been to DWD twice, <laughs> so both times it reoriented me to to remind me that life isn't and can't be about achievement. And just another thing like that came up um, during the summer, I've got this big pillow behind me that I don't need, uh, which was um, the question about purpose, right? So one thing that um, a masculine energy tends to have is a need for that drive and purpose, a need for mm. forward motion, a need to have something to aim at and progress towards that goal. This is very natural. In fact, all of society, like your schools are like this, you, you pass grade one, then the natural thing is to go to grade two and you pass grade two, go three, go to grade three. So it seems like life is about going up the ladder of achievement without any kind of direction or goal to aim for. Well, what's the point of life and his feeder event, Unleash the Power Within is largely to, about getting people or giving people that kind of energy, the energy to accomplish their goals. And it's really fun to do. I've done it eight times <laughs> in five years. Yes, You walk on fire and then the day three is just fantastic. Lots of music, jumping around and it activates your physiological triggers for getting that energy. So you can create the energy to accomplish your goals no matter what. Now, a lot of guys in the twenties who are listening to this, they that's all they need out of life right now. And they will be unsatisfied, unfulfilled and so on. But mm-hmm it'll distract them for a good decade or two cuz they think that's what will bring happiness. Mm-hmm. So they work really really hard to make partner at their firm or actually just to graduate from or to get into law school yes. and to graduate like they think that's what life's about. Getting into the right law school, then graduating and then getting into the firm and then making partner. And it it's tragic that very late in life in their 50s or 60s they they discover and many people still don't discover that that's not the that's not what will bring fulfillment. Mm-hmm. The Art of Fulfillment versus the Science of Achievement. Now, DWD, Date with Destiny, is all, is all about love. Like, he doesn't say that because I don't know how marketable that is. But it's a very different event from the feeder event, in the way I feel, uh, how I feel it. Um, and every time I go, I'm reminded that the striving, the achieving, the upward movement, the even progress in that sense, can't be what life is about now. Like, because life can only be experienced in the present. Mm. What happens in the present? And if you're not present in the present, and a lot of guys are not present in the present. Let's talk to a guy today who, while you're talking talking to him, he's his eyes are shifting around. He's thinking about himself. How do I look? What am I going to do? And then he's thinking about what he's going to do an hour from now. And he's not actually listening to you. He's not actually present. He's physically there, yes. But his <laughs> mind is somewhere else. And this is a surefire way to turn off a lot of women. Um, unless you're just doing that jerk player thing where you ask a question and then you look away like you don't give a fuck. Uh, that, that can attract some really neurotic women. Uh, but in terms of attraction, because I know I have that audience too, um, if you can be fully 100% present with a woman when you meet her in the bar or the club or wherever you're meeting her, it's incredibly seductive. So just put that out there. I give you some motivation to do the right thing, which is to learn about yourself and be present. But for me, when I go to these events... He does these meditations where you close your eyes and he leads you through a process. And every time I think of these times in my life, because he asked you to do that, think of a memory of blah, 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 And those times in my life when life really was meaningful, like this is what makes life worth living. This event, this memory. Every time for me, it was about, something in the present. It was actually about my life and I was living it. I was experiencing it. I was experiencing it. I wasn't planning for it. I wasn't like winning anything. Uh, I was just in the moment and in every case, there was love. It wasn't a moment of me uh, getting a trophy or something. Um, So it's hard to to reorient yourself that that way, especially if you're an achiever. Um, So that's the art of fulfillment how to bring it back to what will actually fulfill you in life. Most of what we do in life that we think is good, making money, going to the gym, all that stuff, right? it actually doesn't matter for, the, for your life right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a paradox because like, if you don't take care of the future, like if you don't go to the gym, you're going to pay for it later. If you don't <laughs> eat well now, you're going to pay for it later. Um, so there, there is that. There's something to it's not just like, hey, be present. Well, what if your present life sucks? <laughs> what if your current yeah. reality is no good? Then it's good to escape, right? And so, this is well, um, yes. I should stop now and, and get your feedback. Uh, but that's that's what, like, you see that in that fight club scene where uh, Ed Norton is trying, like, Brad Pitt's pouring acid on Ed Norton's arm, and Edward Norton's thinking about his <laughs> safe place in this cave. And Brad Pitt's like, no, Bath, stay here, be present. No, you know. Uh, So it's not like so simple as just being present. That's why there's an art to it.
0: Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And I think you need both. So, you know, Tony Robbins talks take a step back, talks about the science of achievement. And he calls that a science. He says, if you just do these things in this order, you could figure it out. There is a program, so to speak. And then he has the art of fulfillment, which is an art, right? And... Uh, different for everybody. How you find that fulfillment? I think the mistake that people make is that they confuse the two, or they fall into that trap of believing that. Well, first I do the achievement piece, and then I will get the fulfillment mm. piece. Um, you know, I, I, I both of us, I think, are were uh, achievers, driver drivers, as Tony calls them. I'm willing to bet most people listening to this are fall into that camp. That's probably why they're listening to this, and for me at least, the, the realization that I, I had to, to make was that no amount of achievement will ever make you happy. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people approach it in an instrumental sense. If I get enough money slash I get the right body slash the right car or whatever, then one day I will finally be happy. And the realization that people need to make is that, you know, David Hume was this philosopher who talked about this thing called the is or gap. Use it in a different context to talk about how uh, the positive and the normative, what is and what ought to be are uh, just philosophically and logically separate, right? They're two different things. Talk about them separately. I think it's exactly the same for achievement and fulfillment. They are two separate things. There is an is or gap. Um, one can never influence the other. No amount of achievement will ever in any way influence your fulfillment, right? That you've got to worry about separately, so to speak. But I also think you need to have both. So for me, at least, achieving is an intrinsically valuable part of my life. But I have realized that it is something that must be intrinsically valuable, not instrumentally valuable. I don't go to the gym because I think one day it will make me happy (laughs) or whatever. I go to the gym just because that's something that is important to me, right? Being healthy uh, and I'm not even being healthy, but I, I enjoy going to the gym because I feel like it gives me a chance to push myself. Um, You know, the gym is a very pure place. There's no, no one else is going to lift those weights for you. There's no one else to blame. It's just you and you show up or you don't. Um, And and I really enjoy that experience. It's the reason why I do what I do at work, right? I just instrument, I intrinsically find it valuable just to keep pushing and growing uh, and making progress and seeing what I can build, Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I have come to realize that that has absolutely nothing to do with fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That needs to be something that
1: you pursue completely separately. You can be fulfilled no matter what. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And in fact, like we were saying, uh, many people do the first thing mm-hmm. to get the second thing. Yes. So they try to achieve because they think that would lead to fulfillment. And when you put it that way, like you have to enjoy the achieving for its own sake. Yes. <clears throat> Then, in a sense, it's not what most of the rest of the world thinks achieving is. Right. They don't think of that as achievement. So, for instance, yeah. uh, nowadays you can get uh, paid to play video games. <laughs> right? So you could become a millionaire video game player. In my childhood, that was not possible. I'm 42 now. Uh, so when I was a teenager, you could, be, you could get paid to test video games, but there were no competitions, except like maybe like Donkey I don't know, Man, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that people were playing in, in the early 90s, 80s. Uh, but nowadays, you could just start a Twitch stream and whatever, you know, make sponsorships, and then you could actually enter a real uh, competition. Um, so, uh, esports is like a multi billion dollar industry now. Imagine that. Like, what you think is achievement might, like, a lot of people think uh, math, uh, homework, or whatever the fuck they think like, achieving is, like getting good grades, getting to the right school, all that. And they don't think of watching Netflix as an achievement. <laughs> but imagine a world—and this might be in the yeah. future—where you get paid to watch Netflix. You get paid to do what you do when you relax, because people play video games when they relax, and now they're making mil- you can make a million dollars playing video games. So we then take the word achievement and the category of it and see that this is historically contingent. It really depends on the external circumstances of your society and the economic system and all that. What you could get paid for and count as achievement. right? When you're a little baby, walking is achievement. right? And you enjoy walking. So when you go to these sorts of events that we're talking about, or you do any kind of meditation or you do proper therapy, you'll discover that if you were neurotically driven to achieve in the past, the desire to continue that achievement that you didn't enjoy, a lot of people don't enjoy their jobs, falls away. You're like, why am I doing this then? Exactly. You shouldn't be. But you can almost always uh, do something else that you'll enjoy Mm -hmm. and... Find some way to sustain life with that in this modern capitalistic society that we happen to live in. Um, So achievement then changes its meaning Mm. if if it's meant the way we want to make it mean, like you intrinsically enjoy it. So uh, so there's that that one point. Like it depends on what you're doing to achieve, Mm. right? If If you're watching Netflix, whatever you do when you're when you don't think you're achieving and you're just relaxing, like you go to a spa or you get a massage. Imagine you could get paid, and you could get really good at going to the spa. People can, right? Like no matter what you do, even in Zen Buddhism, you can get really good at uh, wiping the floor, or you know, like uh, uh, what's it called, sweeping the floor. Like they put a mindfulness practice around anything, you get very good at it. And um, if you reframe what achievement is, it will lead to fulfillment. So, that in fact, they could, but then you've yes. now changed the definition sure. of achievement <laughs> like, to do that, yes. right? Uh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I think of, you know, and
0: this is a separate topic. We were talking about, you know, your true self uh, mm. yesterday. Uh, to me, the way I think of it, and maybe this is very personal to me, is that I feel like when I'm being the best version of me, and again, that means very specific things for me, I, I do feel deeply fulfilled, um, and w- when I am doing something for instrumental ends, it's not always bad, but that's not what makes me come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that, that's, that's something very specific to me. I know, I know what it feels like when I am being the best version of me. Mm-hmm. And that to me is deeply meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like that old question of like, why do people climb mountains? Some people climb mountains to, to escape their problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great movie out or Adistra about Brad Pitt literally going to the ends of the solar system just to run away from his own demons. Mm. But there are a lot of people, I think, who climb mountains just because, right? It's Mm, there. That's their thing. And people are like, well, why do you keep pushing and climb climb higher mountains? And they're like, because that's what I do, right? What, What else would I do? And I think all of us Again, the, the the things that you need to do to feel that way will be different for everybody, but we all know that feeling, right? We all know that feeling of just sitting on a couch not feeling mm-hmm. like very much.
1: Mm-hmm. It can sure. be good, you know, to deload and relax, but you know,
0: you're not, you know, you're not really living like, out your
1: life purpose. Fulfillment's right? different from pleasure, yeah, it's different from exactly. what most people mean by happiness, and we all yep.
0: know that moment when you feel like you've come alive. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy or fun or pleasant. Sometimes it's very hard. During DWD, when I was, you know, I think six and a half days for you, I was there for like eight days, right? Morning to night, Once you don't sleep. Yep. It's an mm-hmm. intense experience, but I found that deeply, it was meaningful and rewarding uh, because I did feel like I was being the best version of me, even though I was pushing the boundaries and really forced to stretch it and grow. and It was quite uncomfortable at times. Mm. Um, and again, I guess that's what I think of it. You know, To me, um, and I guess these are all definitions, but I think of fulfillment as the ability to be happy you know, eudaimonia, whatever term you use. Mm, Again, right. I, I, I believe honestly process, yeah. that the terms are not that important. You know, you know what it means when you're fulfilled, right, for you. Um, and, and that is something that I need to do quite separate of anything else, right? Um, the mistake people make is, is, is allowing that to be conditional on anything external, mm. right? In the midst of everything going wrong, you can still be deeply fulfilled. And we all know of people who in the midst of what should be great success feel completely unfulfilled. So that's just yes. something you need to do. Always, right. right? Living in a beautiful state is is the term that Tony likes to use, and he's mm. like, "Why not? <laughs> yeah. Right? You right. should just do it, no matter what. Why? There's no good reason not to, otherwise." But at the same time, I feel that it is also very important for me to constantly pushing the boundaries and achieving. Again, but I, I and and I fall into this trap all the time. Well, I think we all do. Of of, you know, wanting something for instrumental ends, and I just need to mm. come back to it and say, "No, no, no." I feel the like the best version of myself. When I let go of that, and when I do the things that I want to do, just because mm-hmm. right? I want to do them, I want to see how far I can push, how much I can grow. You know, Tony talks about how we all should grow so that we have more to give. And maybe, maybe a lie. Maybe that is a way in which achievement and fulfillment are linked. Right? When you become a better version of you, you have more to contribute, and I do think contribution has a big part to play in fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but if you contribute in order to feel exactly, right, exactly, then and that's, that's the it. Yeah. And, and But that's what I mean by, you know, Marcus Aurelius had this thing where he said, you know, stop wasting time arguing what a good man should be, be one. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the ancient Stoic philosophers, they never really wasted time talking about what was the good or the happiness, which a lot of modern analytic philosophers do. Uh, Chinese, ancient Chinese philosophers were the same. They're like, we, we don't need to discuss what morality is. You know, mm-hmm. we need what? to talk about how to do it. Right. You know what it is, really, what it feels like. I think everyone knows what, whatever it is mm. for you. You know what it is when you're fulfilled. You know what it is when you are in, like, just achieving just because, when you are mm. doing it right, so to speak, when you're not doing it to get mm. something else. We've all experienced those moments, those glimmerings.
1: Yeah.
0: And the question is not what it is, because I think when we are in our quieter moments, in your true self, mm. we all know. The question is, how do you get there? Right? In, mm-hmm. a, in a crazy, messy, busy world, mm-hmm. how do you not get distracted and focus on getting back to that place yeah. more
1: often? When we sit here in this room with our other friends, we say, we all know what it feels. We know what fulfillment is. But let me tell you, I know guys who are so in their narcissism that when they think of, mm-hmm. I feel fulfilled, it was when everyone else mm-hmm. looked at them and thought they were great. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't in the quiet of their own room because their egos required validation from the outside. It's like when guys, like, you know when you're really happy? Yeah, when that girl liked me. Oh yeah, then I felt like I was the man. And uh, when we talk about what it feels like to be fulfilled, like even when we talk about love, it's to actually, as we Mm. like cash it out, right? We actually flesh it out for them. This is what it's really like. Mm. Then they're like, oh, if they're listening, and they can receive it. Uh, oh, I haven't experienced that. Oh, you're calling me out already. You know, like when I, when I, there are guys who go do these exercises that I did where I go into love and connection. And I, like, like I was saying, like I experienced these memories that where I'm fully present and, and there's love of, uh, you know, somebody else or or even my dog, you know. I'm like Okay, so there's that. They do that exercise and they think of the time everybody looked at them and and they clapped or cheered or when finally mom was proud, like that kind of thing that that's there. So it, it is really helpful. I think even just to hear about what it's like to be free from the narcissism and not have to achieve in order to make yourself feel good or feel better about yourself because your ego is so fragile, um, but instead to actually enjoy the achievement or whatever the activity is or its intrinsic value. Yeah. So it could even be the science of activity. Because yeah. the right, then you, you enjoyed being there for eight days. Uh, I thought <laughs> yes. the days were way too long. <laughs> All right. I thought they could be much more efficient with the time. But you enjoyed that. That's, and that's, that's your achievement, right? Right. Yeah, so right. fitness it, is a good right. example, right? Like um most people, like if you are really into fitness, you enjoy the burn, you enjoy the feeling of really pushing your body. But most people when they start, they don't enjoy that. They're working out for an instrumental <laughs> end down the road. And if they the point though is that they stick with it, they'll if they in order to stick with it, you're going to have to enjoy it. Yes. And it's amazing because if you tell people I enjoy this, and they've never worked or they've only worked mm-hmm. out a little bit. They think you're crazy. Like, you're lying. You don't really, you're just kidding yourself. So from the inside, though, if you get that far, you do enjoy it. You enjoy it like you enjoy playing a game that's difficult and challenging. It's called flow, High's concept, right? Like, in order to achieve flow, that challenge, the thing has to be challenging enough to occupy your whole brain, like all of your capacities. So you're fully immersed in that activity. And that leads to, at the end of it, if you were to pull that person out of that flow experience and say, hey, were you happy? They're like, yeah, it was amazing. I lost track of time. It was awesome. But it was, was it challenging? Fuck yeah. yeah. Right. That's why it was so – that's one of the reasons why it was so fulfilling in yes. it, in the activity or experience. And when we go back to fitness, a lot of people are doing things that they don't enjoy in the moment, and, they, and they're actually not finding it challenging or fulfilling in, in, a, in a good way. Um, it might be so challenging or so hard that they give up, or they don't know what they're doing, or they're just bored. Right. And those are all going to be unfulfilling. Yeah achievement activities. Yeah. Um, but going back to, to fitness, <clears throat> I used to really like having a six pack. <laughs> if you're watching this in the video, I imagine it'd be difficult for you to imagine. I had a six pack at some point, but I did. And I have the photos to prove it. And <laughs> in order to get the six pack in my thirties, okay, so I didn't get my a really good lean look until it's was like mid thirties, which is already pretty tough, um, was it required a mm-hmm. diet. Mm-hmm. Like I had to say no to a lot. Right. And I had to lose a lot of weight and you lose some muscle, but hopefully you lose a lot of fat to get that uh, abs to show uh, more visibly or more obviously. I never enjoyed dieting. Mm. Like I dieted in order to get to six pack in order to attract women. Mm. So the whole thing all the way down was instrumental. Mm. There were a few times, I suppose, when I was doing some activities that required a lot of core flexibility and strength. It did feel good to be able to uh, count, like feel the muscles in each one. Um, but you can have strong core muscles and a lot of fat covering them, yeah. uh, like strong men, guys, you can just <laughs> oh like, my girlfriend, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got I still got a strong core, <laughs> uh, but like, yeah. So I just, as I got more healthy emotionally and psychologically, the, that drive to diet, to say no to foods that I enjoyed eating and tasting, um, to say no to being present. Because a lot of deprivation requires mentally going somewhere else. So the best way to diet is to sleep. Because if you're unconscious, then you won't be hungry. So I slept a lot. Like and when you're under calories, you're uh you're what is that, calorie deficit, uh you're you're pretty tired and sleepy anyway. Right? So um I found, man, if I could just go to sleep in my stomach growing, if I just sleep, I'm good. If I stay awake, I will order something, right? Or I'll go into the kitchen. And so I, I cleaned out my fridge and all that, but still, you know, but if you're unconscious, and so I was not present. Mm-hmm. Now look at that deprivation, not being present achievements. Because mm-hmm. at the end of that, I had a great body. I could go to the beach, you know, we were in Singapore, so it was hot all the time. There's always an excuse <laughs> to take your shirt off and show it off. Right. And I got the benefits down the road, but in the moment when I had to do it to get those uh, results, it was not achieve. It was not fulfilling, mm-hmm. And as I matured, I realized that that was really stupid. That's what I mean about how, a lot, what, how the way a lot of people are achieving, like I was, was, is neurotic. And if they prioritize fulfillment above achievement, the achievement will sort itself out. Mm-hmm.
0: And ironically, will lead to more achievement and more performance. Mm. And you talked about flow. You know, flow... Um, and, and once upon a time, you gave me this very good book called "Trying Not to Try," yes, which deals with very yes, similar mean. concepts. Uh, and that's one of the ironies of flow, right? You can't you can't try too hard to get into flow. It's something that comes when you relax into it. And ironically, when you do relax into it, the flow actually kicks the performance up to levels that you could never achieve otherwise. And by letting go of the instrumentalism, you actually become much more efficient at the task. Um, you know, something I, 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 I think we've talked about this on this podcast before, The example I always give of Arnold training in the gym and just saw a video of him again a while ago uh, where he just, you can tell that it was painful and very hard when he was training. And yet you could also see that he got intrinsic pleasure from it. Um, partly because he always says, look, I'm moving closer and closer to my goal. But also you could tell that he learned to actually come to at some level like that activity, even though there was a lot of pain mm. that came with it. And that allowed him to push just a little bit further than everyone else, who was also there training. And he said, look, he's like, everyone else trains exactly the same hours as me. Mm-hmm. So why don't they go anywhere? Mm-hmm. And he's like, half the time, people are just not quite as focused. Yeah, You know, right. he's like, they, they, they're training, but not like squeezing the muscle all the way. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. they're just there to like make their reps. And he's like,
1: mm-hmm. but why? Yeah. Who cares if you can do eight or nine reps? Why are you here? Yeah. Right? If you're here to get and, stronger, yeah. get bigger, it's like, well... And a big part of it was that they weren't present during the movement. Yeah, like you know, so he's like, when I'm doing bicep curls, I'm visualizing my biceps like mm-hmm. mountains. Yes. And every time I curl it, I feel the blood pumping into it. Yes. It's like it coming, you know. It's like ah. Uh. So he's fully <laughs> pre- he's feeling the actual movement. Where some people, a lot of people in my gym, I go, I go to a big, a five-story, big box gym. I see a lot of people on their phones, mm-hmm. and they're just not present with the movement. Like, oh, okay, it's time to do this rep, this set. And they just knock out 10 reps, but you know they're thinking about something else. You know what's really annoying? They have TV screens yeah. in the gym, and every couple weeks, they play... Uh, like, food uh, yeah. network or something. So I stormed down, like, turn the sports back on. Like, like, oh, sorry, sir. But somebody asked them to change to some, like, because they're probably, this is what I imagine, some uh, auntie, like some older lady or whatever. It's like, if I'm going to go through this pain, at least show me what I get at the end of it. Let me see some food. So she's working out and looking at food. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, you're not gonna actually stick with that workout. You're not gonna yes. enjoy it. And you're not gonna get the benefits from it because every time you're doing it, you're not present. Um, and it's an amazing thing because it seems so weird, right? Look, we're doing this stuff to our bodies. Why do I have to be mentally present with the movement? Yes. But it's the brain. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know, and also I guess, you know, to be fair, we need to be a little careful because you know we talk about instrumentalism. To be honest, I guess we use that to say, uh, in- instrumental goals that we don't think are all that great, right? A lot of us, we, when we go to something like the gym, we do go to the gym for other reasons. So I, a large part of why I go to the gym is that just for that, I go twice a week for an hour at a time and I do have a trainer. But for that one hour, to me, it's almost like just an exercise to, to see whether or not I can show up and push myself. Oh, right. The reality is, you know, if I, if I, if I put on a little more muscle, a little quicker, nobody cares <laughs> at right. all. So it's like why, and my um, my my girlfriend asks me this all the time. It's like why do you push so hard in the gym? Hmm. I'm like I don't know, just to see what I can do, right? And actually, like to me, it's almost like a very pure experience because when you are at that edge, right, you have that moment when you can decide whether you can make that last lift or not. Because a lot of it's all mental, right. Really, right? right. It's okay. like do yeah. I do I show up? Do I do it? And that's a large part of why I go to the gym. So in that sense, it is a little instrumental, but I guess I feel like the motivation is very personal, very pure in that sense. I'm not doing it because I'm hoping that one day, other people. Will yeah, because I'm not so doing it
1: because of the. Technically, film. it's not instrumental. Right. If in the moment you're doing it, you have checked the box. Yeah. So, if the purpose of waking up is to wake up, and you wake up, you have succeeded. So, in other words, then it's not instrumental to wake up. Yes. Right. So, here's another example: you can do math problems and get the same. We can we can instead of talking about working out, we just talk about math problems. I had a lot of friends growing up who loved math. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who grew, growing up who hated math. My wife hates math. I'm sort of in between, but because okay. I had so many friends who love math, in the subway while we're riding to the next station or whatever, they will throw out random math problems at each other for yeah. fun. Yeah. Like, what's the square root of? And they'll throw a number. The fast person gets it. I'm like, man, you guys are such fucking geeks. But damn, you guys are smart. Yeah. Like, And they love to do that. Now, yeah. a, a lot of people find that will find that hard to believe, but I like to do uh, logic problems. So when I finally discovered symbolic logic as a philosophy student, um, I got almost 100% on, those, on the course. Uh, and then when they bell curved the whole thing at the end, um, my grade was not, pro, like it was off the chart. Uh, so it was awesome. To, I, but I, I took it as a, already a grad student. Yeah. So I took the undergrad version um, to fulfill the requirement. So I was, I was already an advanced student then. But I loved it. I waste, I, I spent, wasted to some people, but I spent hours in the middle of the summer beautiful day outside in the windowless room in the library doing in flow, doing logic problems. Mm -hmm. And, What was really enjoyable was when I pushed it to see how fast I could do it. And I made a mistake and I look at the back of the book to see the sample answer. I'm like, fuck, I did these extra steps. Oh, and I learned. Like, great. If it was too easy and I look at the back, I'm like, yeah, I knew that. Man, I knew that. I wouldn't have been in flow. So in order to get that intrinsic enjoyment of the activity, it has to have built into it, like baked into the activity. It has to be challenging enough. So I don't think it's... You know, I don't think you should consider it instrumental when you yeah. go and to push yourself. Well, what I mean is I, I don't expect to find
0: validation or fulfillment from external sources. Perhaps mm. what I should be saying. right? Yes. I, I, I do find it intrinsic, like, intrinsically, extremely rewarding, right? I'm not, not because of the lifting of the weight itself, because I do get something from it, but it's something that's very internal to me. Right? I don't do it because I hope that someone will come along and be like, wow, you're really awesome.
1: <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. And you're not saying to yourself, fuck, I wish I didn't have to do this or yeah. damn, and I hate this <laughs> thing. Because right? then you're not in flow. They don't. <laughs> right? Yeah, At all. but it's just challenging so. because that's part of something that's enjoyable. Uh, so that's an important point that we I guess we didn't word explicit about. Mm. Enjoyment and fulfillment, all that comes partly from some amount of challenge. Uh, that's really enjoyable to have that challenge. It's not about um, keeping everyone all the kids in safe spaces that are not challenged or not pushed to grow, whatever. Growing itself is enjoyable. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not like I'm growing in order to do this other thing down the road and get some yes. happiness down the road. Yeah. But just the growing itself. Yeah. Well, I also, I've always liked how Tony specifically uses those words,
0: achievement and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Because I, I do think words like enjoyment or pleasure get very confusing because they mean different things to different people. But achievement and fulfillment, I think, I've always found quite interesting. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, to me, again, maybe this is just my own, my own preconceptions, but I feel like, again, fulfillment... You know what it means. when I mean, you are content, sure, you're happy, right, yeah. you know, and likewise when you are actually achieving. And and I think the issue is, and I think that's a fair point, is that a lot of people conflate those things. They, yes, they right. pursue pleasure when they really should be pursuing, like finding fulfillment. Mm, right. Yeah.
1: I think that's a good place to start. Did you have any <laughs> uh, last uh, comments to add?
0: Uh, I, I, you know, you you talked about how a lot of people maybe they don't. Um, Maybe they just haven't experienced as much intrinsic achievement or fulfillment. But I I do believe that most people, most people, at Mm -hmm. some point, some place, if you really think about it, I'm sure you can think about a time in which um, you just, you felt that flow. I think Mm -hmm. we've all had those moments. Maybe maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was a short time.
1: People know flow. we,
0: we We all know what it is. We know what flow is. We know that feeling
1: of just... Uh, intrinsically achieving and feeling great about it and doing math problems well, in the yeah. subway way. And it's yeah. different for everyone. Yeah, so like video games is an easy example for a lot of guys. Like, yeah. Or even if you're engrossed in a, in a good movie and mm-hmm. lose track of time, yes. you can be in flow with just exactly. that. Uh, even uh, look, video games. Why do people play hard video games and spend hours and it's frustrating in many cases, right? Deeply
0: frustrating and why do you do it? You do it because at some level there is achievement there. Likewise, I think
1: that for a lot of people, you know, you've you everyone has experienced well, some degree there's this challenge. masculine temptation I, I don't know why it's well yeah. it's associated with masculine energy to want to summit mm-hmm. the summit of the mountain or whatever metaphorically and uh david data has this in one of his chapters in this book way of spirit man mm-hmm. that one of the greatest temptations for a man is to uh is the desire for it to be done mm-hmm. to just get to the end and be yes. done and that's not life yes that's not actual fulfillment either yes. it, so there's no end there's no done. There's no, like a lot of guys, I, I'm in these other Facebook groups um, for research. They're men's groups and they suck. Uh, my group is awesome, by the way, man up, join it. Yes. Uh, and we have almost 25,000 guys in that group. But um, these other groups, I see these questions that guys, like guys post and, yeah. and instead of getting corrected in the comments or like not, or like given mm-hmm. a better perspective, they're just like, they just get more and more validation. Like, yeah, I'm the same way, I'm the same way. So then it becomes normalized to be neurotic. And here's one of the neurotic things that that I see quite a lot is a guy's like, women suck because I wanted to be in a relationship and I wanted to just be like not have to do anything more so i'm in the relationship now it should yeah. just i shouldn't have to work anymore i shouldn't have to learn about her or learn about psychology or grow i'm in it now it's done right mm-hmm. i mean and this bitch she wanted me to keep going to the gym she wanted me to keep yep. growing in my career why i'm already I, i'm almost 40 now mm-hmm. i should not i should now be able to enjoy life i shouldn't have oh my mm-hmm. god dude no yeah. like you're not going to find any fulfillment that way. Even if we were to magically snap our fingers like Aladdin or whatever, or rub the lamp and give you your wish <laughs> that you are, yes, okay, now you're done. You have enough money that you don't have to work for this job or this and that. But if you now have nothing else that you enjoy, like, yes. in, you know, um, if there's no challenge in your life, mm. then you have no enjoyment in your life. Yes.
0: And, and organisms without stresses, they slowly wither and die. You know, this is all African proverb, um, which says mm. behind mountains are more mountains. Right. You don't um, yes. overcome an obstacle to magically enter the land of no obstacles. Right. That's not the way life works. And maybe this isn't a good place to end, but uh, and something I was talking about yesterday was that you're never done, right? There's never that point. And I make this mistake all the time of if I can just finish this thing, then you know, and that's not the way life works. To me, the important thing in life is to make sure that I'm trending in the right direction. So I don't go to the gym because I think at, like, one day I'll be done. I'll hit that point and I'm good to go. Um, But at the same time, I've also learned to relax into it. Where before, if I showed up to the gym and I didn't have a good session and didn't make as much progress as I hoped, I get very frustrated. Uh, That's the achievement in me coming out and perhaps my own insecurities and neuroticisms. And I've learned to just relax into it and say, look, as long as I'm going in the right direction, as long as I show up and I do one more rep than I did last time, that was a good session. right?" Because
1: I'll be at the gym for the rest of my life. Or even if you did do that rep... One more rep than last time. You just had yeah. a bad day. but You That's showed okay. up. And The thing back. is, like, it was enjoyable intrinsically. Exactly. If it was enjoyable, like, as soon as you get there, you've already fulfilled exactly. the, the purpose. And, you know, sometimes, you know, life in
0: different aspects of your life are just not going in the direction you want. And I do think you should take focused and massive action. But mm-hmm. as long as things are going in the right direction, you know, I just relax into it, right? Just have yes. fun, right? The yeah. gym's going well. This is going well. Right just hmm. improve a little
1: bit every day, and that magic of compounding will take over. Mm. Like you're saying like if your life isn't going well, you need massive action in this yes. other direction. And we've experienced that. Um, and if you're successful, you've that's probably how you got started on the thing that made you hmm. successful or the things that made you successful. What in your life I'm thinking now, is there anything in my life that I want that even if it were to require massive action, that I would now deem to be painful or in the moment that i'm doing it i'd say i don't want to do this or i shouldn't i hate this i shouldn't be doing it oh all the time
0: oh okay wait, cool. wait, but the voice, what, that, what that is that voice what pop- is that what's an activity like that I, don't, I mean even going to the gym right the, the point is hmm. you know these things pop into my head all the time and it's a it's a daily process for me to remember why i'm here in the first place and i mean half the time before maybe you
1: shouldn't go to the gym then
0: no, well, well, I, I guess the, the thing is, I we we're talking about different parts of ourselves, yesterday yes. Yes, the true self. You know, um, there's a part, uh, of the time, right, there's part of you that likes the time, right? Part of you that I go to the gym to twice to a week, else. and twice a week I'm like, do I really want to go? There's a there's a voice in my head that's like, are you sure you want to do this? Mm. But I do it because I know that I, at, at some deep level, mm. right, my true self, so to speak, I know that I do want to do it, and I know that the minute I step into the gym and the, the minute I start that first See,
1: work set, so what I would back. do now is, as for my therapy training, is I would enforce it. I'd would say instead let's let's figure out what that polarization is. So that part of you that really wants to go to the gym and there's another part that's stopping you. Let's talk to that other part. What's yes. going on with that part? Yes. Why is it holding back? What's it what does it want to do instead? Cuz maybe when you're forcing yourself to go to the gym that means you're not having fun in life or maybe that means you don't get to spend time with your kids or maybe that means that you don't get to read this yeah. book that this other oh, part of you want. So for my uh like in my life, there was a lot of push, yeah. motivation, <laughs> uh, what Tony calls. Uh, like you just use discipline and willpower, and you will yourself there. Um, there are times when I don't want to go to the gym because I don't think I have enough energy. Because I know if I'm going to go in the gym, I'm going to push it really hard, and I might yes. injure myself today because I was like, you know, I didn't get enough sleep or whatever. So then I'll that, that yes. that's the part that I'll oh, pounce yeah. back pre workout <laughs> drinks yes. and caffeine and like. Ugh.
0: I, I completely agree, and I, I think that's an important distinction, right? Where there are times, and it's just like I, I physically I'm not on it today, right? I can't like this is just. But I, I guess I've I've learned enough about myself to know the days when like I really shouldn't be, like it's not the right day, and when it's just that glimmering of a resistance. Even when I'm in the gym, right, that resistance. before that first <laughs> big work set, yeah. right, like when you're about to do a really really so, heavy lift,
1: there's yeah. just like almost like a glimmer of fear, where a little part so, of you is like, are you sure? Pre- you know Stephen Pressfield, right? He's got this great book on on the resistance. And uh, Steth Godin um, has also written a, a linchpin, a book on the same theme, that there's always going to be resistance exactly. from your lizard brain. <clears throat> exactly. But as a therapist, instead of forcing your way yes. through the resistance, the better way, and this is the way that DWD mm-hmm. would take it yes. versus UPW, and that's, I see that as a fulfillment versus achievement style of approaching the problem, the same problem, is to get to know that resistance. Yes. What is the fear there? Where? Did, when did it start? How mm-hmm. old is it? And then, And when you you, you unburden the resistance, then the thing flows effortlessly. One of the things is there's a part of you that doesn't believe Mm. that you'll enjoy the activity Mm. for whatever reasons in your childhood, whatever. And that's the amazing thing that therapy can do for you. We achievers run marathons with weights on our arms and legs. (laughs) That's that's our lives. And over the decades, we get more, we accrete more and more weights on our legs and have to keep running this marathon that never ends. Mm -hmm. And you burn out. You get in your 30s, 40s, and you have a midlife crisis. Luckily, I had a quarter life crisis and then I had another quarter life crisis. Um, So I I was forced to do that and I realized that. But a lot of people now that I work with getting into their 50s and now burning out. Because they've been running this marathon with push motivation with weights on their arms and legs. Mm. What therapy and the therapeutic approach will do for you is remove the weights mm. rather than force it through. Rather yeah. than there's going to be that resistance. I don't care. I'm going to trick it. Mm. You know, there's lots of ways we used to trick, like going to the gym, yes. leave their bag at the door, yeah. uh, pack your bag the night before and, you know, all that stuff. Mm. Um, same with approach anxiety. Yeah. There are all kinds of ways <clears> to trick yourself yeah. to do it. Um, and there are like different types of openers that... Holy shit. What would a therapist do with approach anxiety? A therapist would, ideally, a good therapist, would get to know the anxiety. Mm. What's that anxious part in you? When did that start? Um, what's that related to? How can we unburden that so he's not so afraid of that outcome? Instead of just ignoring it, forcing it out, um, empowering yeah. through it. I agree. I, I, th- I think it's important to distinguish between, as you say, push-pull
0: motivation. right? And, and when it's like, I really don't want to do it, but I'm forcing myself to do it, and I have to trick myself to do it versus when it's just that little voice of resistance. So
1: I I go to the gym because I feel a massive amount of pull motivation. There are many things in life that you kind of have to do. Like if you're 12 years old right now, you probably have to go to school and you probably don't like it. Uh, But legally or whatever it is, you gotta go. And we get used to that. As you become more of an adult, you get more independence and so on. I challenge you to re-examine any activities where there is some resistance. And if it, it, some of it might just make might make sense because you only do it, um, you don't do it as frequently. So you don't get the habit. But meditation is another one for a lot of people. I'm now in a meditation habit every morning, it's just my thing. Um, and I, I look forward to it. There's no resistance to it, except for perhaps um, I'm not I'm too unsettled. Like, oh my God, I'm too unsettled right now. And it's a hard start into it, but I look forward to it. But at the beginning, did I? No. And that was an important thing to, to look at. Like, why is there resistance to the, getting into the meditation? You're mm. only doing it because of this other thing. And 99% of the world, 99% of people listening to this are running most of their lives with push mm. force to force themselves to go to the gym, force themselves to do meditation, forces themselves to do all this. And I have this new perspective on all of that. If I find myself or my kids do that, I'd want to figure out, well, what's the fear? and can we attend to the fear? Um, instead of there's expecting that little voice to always be there and then just powering through. But I might change my mind in a month or next year. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, and we You'll are have now to tune back yes. in a month or a year. Yeah, right. We'll have to keep the podcast going. Um, well, thanks so much for everyone who's listening. Uh, it's been a long time since we've recorded a podcast. Yes. Uh, the DDPHD podcast. I think so far this year has only had one or two episodes. Uh, We've been growing a lot, a lot of travel and learning, um, so things are settling down more for me anyway, and for you too, it seems like less travel on your schedule than usual we used to Big fly every week easier and easier yes right because you're in our priorities have shifted mm-hmm. too so um I, hopefully we'll get more of these out and yes. uh, no promises but that's our plan and thanks so much for listening if you want to get in touch with us you can always join the ddphd podcast facebook group mm-hmm. um we have over a thousand members in that and uh you can also get a hold of henry how would they do that uh go to my website henrychong.com excellent we have that linked in the description and uh uh, me as well, davidtnphd.com. And you can find a list of all of the DTPhd podcasts on our website. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you there and next time we record this episode uh, or this podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks Thank for you. being here, Henry. Thank you. Hey, it's David again. Before you go, a couple last things. First, all the show notes and links to resources can be found at davidtnphd.com/dtphd podcast. Or you can just go to DavidTNPHD.com and find it through the top navigation menu. Second, if you'd like to interact with me and other like-minded fans of this podcast personally, then join our private DTPHD Podcast Facebook group. We've got an awesome community of intelligent, wise individuals from literally all around the world. You can send a join request to the group using the link you'll find in the show notes of every podcast at davidtnphd.com backslash dtphdpodcast. Click the link, log into your Facebook, and then click to join. We approve join requests every day. So go to davidtnphd.com and click the link to join. See you inside our group.